the road to consciousness what we're doing is figuring out the mystery of consciousness it's such a fundamental mystery to humans that what's in our mind and how our brain produces such a conscious stream yet we don't know how that actually happens is just such a phenomenal mystery to have it is what gives us everything in life our experience through time our subjective experience yet we don't know enough about it and that's what we're going to solve we're going to do it by listing out everything we know about multiple disciplines from all different fields either in knowledge as a justified true belief from the epistemological sense where we have enough data and evidence for a theory or some piece of uh, knowledge where we can justify as true and then the other part is assumptions we need to just start making some assumptions so that we can get some clues as to what consciousness is it's going to come around with as much many clues as we can get from everywhere Today we're going to talk about quantum mechanics, one of my favorite subjects to talk about because it's such a fascinating world and we underestimate how different it is from our macro world. That's really the micro world and I want to start by trying to understand how from the base level of quantum mechanics things get worked up to our macro world. So we have the particle physics essentially gives us all the particles that we know are the fundamental particles and forces of nature that being the up and down quark which depending on whether you have two two up or one down or one down and two up basically makes the proton and the neutron within the nucleus it's held together by the strong nuclear force uh, which is itself a exchanged particle <coughs> and then chemistry can kick in where that atom the electromagnetic force keeps the electron in place around the nucleus and then depending on how atoms bind they arrange into molecules and how molecules bind and their arrangements basically give us every single piece of thing that we know about the universe and matter the question really we want to answer is at what point does it go from the micro to the macro world now there is a thing called the Planck, Planck max Planck length which basically determines when the micro world kicks in with its behaviors versus the macro world to me it's very unclear though if let's say we had a machine that could rearrange the table i'm leaning on right now through all of its constituent underlying particles at what point if i was watching it build or put the particles together now obviously i can't see into each individual atom but at some point it starts looking like a table <laughs> At what point do the millions and millions and billions of, of atoms essentially start becoming a table in my mind? Where really I'm seeing a concept of a table. I'm not like color. Color doesn't exist in objective reality. Color is electromagnetic waves that go through our eyes that are interpreted to the experience of color. This is directly the imperious route where everything is essentially something we experience. So to strip away color, you could even argue that matter and, and space and time are things that our mind constructs. From the exact same principle that if everything is made of trillions and billions of atoms, it's the fact that they're combined and they're actually held together somehow that gives us a concept that we have in our consciousness. Quantum mechanics though, once you break it down, things aren't in defined positions there's a thing called superposition and superposition at the quantum world basically states that uh, you know electrons are in multiple places at once that the best we can do through even our measurements is give a probabilistic distribution of where the electron is going to be when we observe it 
Now, you might have heard the double slit experiment. This is the fundamental experiment that highlights this, but it basically places the observer into the realm of determining the outcome of where an electron is going to be. It's called collapsing the wave function. The reason being, it's a, it's a wave. <laughs> it's a wave and a particle, but determining whether we look at it, it's a particle. If we don't look at it, it behaves like a wave, which sounds very counter to everything in the macro world, but that's how it is. And it's not a problem with our measuring devices. It is fundamentally how nature is. And so if we play some sort of role, it's natural to jump to think that that's consciousness, but not necessarily. It's anything that goes from the micro world, like we talk about at the Planck length, to the, to the macro world, which we see as like everything and matter around us. This is one aspect of quantum mechanics that's very, very interesting. You've heard of things like entanglement, um, which kind of touches on breaking locality as well. You've heard of things like quantum tunneling, where the electron can basically jump between what's seamlessly, was seemingly uh, basically a barrier that in the macro world you wouldn't be able to, which is more of the probabilistic distribution because there's a probability it could be on the other side of a wall. One super fascinating is quantum leaps. Quantum leaps, the electron can only be at certain quantized distance essentially from the nucleus like when it goes and an energy something comes in or another a photon or something comes in or some sort of energy comes in and knocks the electron up to the next level it doesn't actually traverse and go from one level to the other it disappears and reappears somewhere else so what i'm getting at is that the quantum world at the subatomic level behaves completely counterintuitive to what we see in day-to-day -day life and so there is an emergent property that is happening with the objective reality that our consciousness seems to play some sort of role in. How much of a role it plays has been up for debate for millennia. It's very difficult to pinpoint and narrow it down, but if anything, our consciousness definitely has evolved to give us the ability to live life at a macro level that is well beyond what's happening at a micro level. It's almost as if it's the same thing I was thinking with our minds and our brains. Like I can't actually, I can visualize my mind. I can't visualize the electrical signals in my brain. Like I have no experience unless somebody hooks up an EEG or some sort of uh, way of analyzing and looking at the electrical signals that have been sent through my neurons. I actually can't do that internally. It's very hard. And by design, I would probably be in not a great state if all I could was experience and feel electrical and neurotransmitters. But it's happening at such a small quantum level that it makes sense. And that's the reason why we can't see atoms, right? It's not our, our consciousness is not geared towards seeing the micro world. And same reason, it's not geared towards all of the small things happening. And I can't even visualize like internally what my body is, right? <laughs> I just know it's there based on what I've learned what I've experienced through life. I've built myself a reality where I understand the external world through either observation or observation of others, which is really what science and physics is, right? And I even know my internal self. I feel my internal self. I feel my experience. I feel the subjective experience. I feel the consciousness, but I don't feel the physical parts of me. And there have been questions of whether even the physical parts of our bodies exist. That is such a, 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 a difficult 
concept to grasp but it's true our bodies might only be what we sense of them even when we sense pain is a great example there's neuroreceptors on the skin which are linked to your peripheral nervous system those nerves get triggered depending on the amount of pressure and the type of pain different types of electrical signals and if you reach a threshold or a gateway that signal is sent all the way up to the brainstem to the brain and it's basically sent to some some to sensory in the parietal lobe which depending on the region it came from can then sense pain and through neurochemicals and neurotransmitters it then releases a chain of effects of other nuclei in the brain and we experience pain and so if pain is an experience then does it actually exist obviously if somebody is feeling pain they're going to tell you it exists but objectively we're making the assumption that it doesn't exist like your body is a, a receptor machine and it's able to interpret that reception as an experience this is the function of sensation to perception to experience to meaning and then we give conscious meaning to that pain so that allows us to make a certain decision now we've shied well past quantum mechanics but I think the, the, the key is there is a micro world within our bodies. Our bodies are a micro world. We are made up of the same atoms as in the universe. And so we are made or our emergent complexity, that biological system that we have, is essentially what's given rise to our consciousness being able to interpret that energy into experience and meaning. What that step function is, is really maybe it's the same step function as we're seeing when we observe what's happening at the quantum mechanical level if really a reality is locality doesn't exist as we think with entanglement or even fixed definitions of points at the micro world with uh, superposition don't really exist then what's to say our consciousness isn't a similar thing built on top of the brain Maybe the brain is also in a superposition or maybe the consciousness is a superposition in our skull. Maybe it's not one area. Maybe it's not fixed at all. Maybe it's not even distributed. Uh, we would assume there's some locality around consciousness and other theories, obviously, in terms of collective experience coming from, from Jung. Um, that's more that we collectively going back to our brains being 99.95 percent similar we have a similar concept of reality that's at the base physical level the way our brains are essentially wired in that sense gives us that experience of reality that is really what collective experience is it's the shared experience we have just by the fact that we're human doesn't necessarily and the assumption is that consciousness is in our heads and there is nothing outside of our heads or even with other people that's linked there are theories like well panpsychism is one which consciousness is ever in the universe but quantum field theory does give us a physics theory that there is an underlying field to all of the forces of nature so electromagnetic strong nuclear force not necessarily weak um oh and gravity uh being some sort of field and a field just has a, a particular value at every single place in space and i think often people 
we're making the assumption that consciousness is not linked to that. And a lot of people would say it is, but I'm going to make the assumption that that's not true. That consciousness is localized in our brain. Everybody has their own consciousness and hence the subjective experience that each of us have. <laughs> that we have a collective experience, but only from the ramification that we are physically very similar and DNA-wise, we're basically identical. <laughs> but... That consciousness has emerged somehow from the micro level to the macro in our brains. I'm not also assuming that the quantum mechanics with the observer measurement problem is not the same. It's a ramification of this same concept of consciousness, but underlyingly, and I know there's theories around, does quantum mechanics basically in the brain allow consciousness to come about i'm gonna say no we didn't talk about the measurement problem but quantum mechanics and quantum theory has a pretty big hole in terms of it things behave at a quantum level if you don't look at them but if you look at them and observe them it basically collapses the wave function and turns into some kind of macro reality <laughs> that we have so definitely there is an element of the observer and this is where schrodinger's cat comes from that it's in multiple states at the same time, alive and dead, until somebody observes it. And it's not quite right because the environment itself, any macro environment, because then it opens the door like, what happens if it's a snail? What happens if it's an ant? <laughs> Anything at a certain level above the micro scale then trans or emerges into what we see at the, mic at the macro level. That's the assumption that I'm making. I'm making the same assumption that our physical brain at the, at behaving in a quantum way at a certain point emerges into consciousness i think that's a assumption we're gonna have to make where it decouples quantum mechanics and the measurement problem and the micro to macro from the micro to macro of the brain to consciousness but they are ramifications of the same artifact that's that's the assumption that we're making